0: Welcome to the Lisa Wexler show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind the wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite
0: And welcome back to the show. Laura, do we have Kathy Braun on? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes, yes, yes. Hi, good morning, Kathy. So Kathy Braun is with us now. Kathy has been on our show many, many times to talk about the issue she cares about, her passionate involvement in not only her own community of Fairfield, but also throughout the state with CT169.org. And caring so deeply as a lawyer, uh, as somebody who's been on the TPNZ for many years, she's extremely knowledgeable resource when it comes to those kind of things. But Kathy, you contacted me. Kathy, I, I think this is a lousy connection. I'm going to have to have you call back. Are you there? I'll call
2: back for my other song. Maybe that'll be better. Yeah, Thanks. this is not
0: a good one. Thanks, oh, Kathy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I did I'll call back. back. Okay, Kathy's going to call us right back. And Kathy uh, Braun will be joining us at 203-333-9422. One of the beautiful things about our show, the Lisa Wexler Show, is that it's really a community. I mean, that's who we are as a community conversation. And sometimes when you hear somebody on the show, you contact me and you say, oh, I'd love to talk about that. Or did you know about that? Or can you get such and such on your show because it's related to, or what I heard today made me think of my father, my grandmother, my little one, and it made me happy. to put a smile on my face. So Kathy uh, contacted me because she heard a conversation that I was having on Holocaust Remembrance Day with, uh, with Helen Goldenberg, who was a friend of mine Whose mother had a remarkable history, and part of her history was coming here from Germany on kinder transport. And that prompted Kathy to contact me. Kathy Braun, welcome to the show. Hello. Oh, I hope the connection
2: is better this time.
0: I think it is. I think it is. So, Kathy, (laughs) so did you hear me chat with Helen Goldenberg? Is that what that was? Is that what prompted you to contact me or did somebody else? Actually, I
2: think it was a friend of mine that sent you my dad's obituary because my dad died right after Christmas in December. And um, we put a lot of things about his origin story coming to America um, in the obituary um, but I heard you talk to another gentleman about the Holocaust. I don't think it was her; it was somebody else. But it's 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 a similar story. A lot of these stories are similar, um, both with Jews escaping the Holocaust
0: or really anyone escaping a terrible situation. So, Kathy, tell us the story because actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it wasn't you, but it was somebody who knew your story who contacted me and said maybe I would like to have you on. So, that's how it happened. Anyway, that's okay. Anyway, so tell, tell us. Is this your dad? Okay. Is this your father? Yeah, it's my dad.
2: So, my dad was Jewish. Um, my mom was not Jewish, and his mom was not Jewish. And those factor in to my life story, but also his survival. Um, I didn't know this. My sister has done a lot of genealogy, and she pointed out that any person who survived in Vienna who was Jewish was probably a man married to a non-Jewish woman. I had never known that fact before she started doing the genealogy. But he was a normal kid living a normal life in Vienna. His dad was a wine, had a wine shop. He sold wine to customers. His mom worked in a shoe factory. They spent summers in a little village outside of Vienna, um, uh, running and playing in the woods and the fields. And I heard stories of him riding on cows uh, that would come back uh, to the village at the end of the day to their barns. <laughs> so it was, a, it was an, an idyllic existence. And my sister also traced our genealogy in the Vienna area back to the 1700s. Okay. My grandfather, who I call Opa, he actually w- uh, was in World War II, and he got an iron cross. So he was a, an Austrian just as much or more so than he was a Jew. But 20 years later, he was just a Jew, and that's really the you mean, story. You mean, you mean in World War I? You mean in
0: World War I? World
2: War I, he got an iron cross. He was in the military. My grandmother waited seven years. They got married in their 30s, which was pretty old. My yeah. father was born when she was 19, was 44 years old. And so he wow. was 10 years old after the Germans came into Austria.
0: Wow. And, was he um, an only child? Was he like a late nope. birth miracle baby? <laughs> I think oh. he was a
2: late birth miracle baby. He had two older sisters. Okay. And okay. Um, wow. one wow. sister, Honey, um, was able to come with him when he was rescued by, in this kinder transport, they call it. That's um, a series of, either charities or charitable people that found ways to to get kids out uh, when kids could still leave uh, uh, Nazi-occupied countries. So the Nazis came into Vienna in, I think, around the summer or spring of 1938, Mm -hmm. and Kristallnacht happened about six months later, which is when all the Jewish businesses were trashed, including my grandfather's little wine shop was trashed. He couldn't work anymore. Luckily, his wife, my grandmother, could work um, because she she was born not Jewish. So even I though she
0: see. had converted, she was oh, able she to work. she converted to Judaism though to marry him. Yep. Oh, yep. So, your was, so your father was so your father was raised as a Jew.
2: He was raised as a Jew. Okay. Um, but wow. he was ten when all this happened, and he never really got a Jewish education. Just, and how it affected him was he was just a regular student in public school. And after Kristallnacht, they drew a yellow line at the back of the classrooms, and the Jews had to stand back there. They couldn't be with the rest of the kids. And after that, at some point, all the Jewish kids couldn't go to public school anymore. They were thrown out. So then they all had to go to a Jewish school. My father didn't know Hebrew, so I don't think he really learned that much there. Then they eventually just kept him home because it was not safe to be on the streets anymore. And this is all around, I think, the six months following Kristallnacht, which was when brown shirts and, you know, certain, I guess, anti-Semitic people, you know, burnt down or trashed um, or, you know, broke the windows of every Jewish business in town or probably in Austria, I imagine. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It happened in in Nazi Germany and in Austria, which was... Uh, I'm looking at this crystal knot in the free city of Z- Danzig, Austria, within Nazi Germany, because Austria was where Hitler was born, you know, and Austria, we also saw That's the right. sound of music. Uh, Austria was extremely <laughs> sympathetic to Nazis, extremely as a yeah. country. Yeah,
2: very much. So. Which is why my father never liked that movie. I always loved that movie.
0: <laughs> mm, I love that movie, too. But it must have been painful for him, right? It must have been very yeah, I think it awful. Was. For, yeah, sure. <laughs> He was
2: in Korea also. He never liked the show mash for the same reason. That's interesting.
0: (laughs) Your father had quite a life. Wow. Okay. That's wow. That's quite a life. So, so um, what happened to your grandfather and your grandmother?
2: Well, because my grandma, well, I, here's, I'm sort of, I have three words that sort of explain how they survived and why they survived. And that translates down to my dad. One is luck. One is resourcefulness, and one is the kindness of others. And all three of those things factor in. So, Oma, my grandmother, you know, she was already quite a self-sufficient, strong woman. She, You know, she worked. She was helping to raise. She had like eight or nine or ten siblings, and she was helping to raise them. She didn't have the easiest of lives. And um, during World War II, she was able to work at her friend's bakery, which meant you could also pilfer extra food to keep yourself alive because everybody was starving you know nobody had food right and um she was able to get herself an aryan certificate from her old village in czechoslovakia where she had been raised and i don't know how she did it but she was able to prove that she was not jewish born and therefore she would not be harassed and then they lived in an apartment in vienna And there was a courtyard and one of the neighbors would be able to see out onto the road. And when he saw, when they saw like, I guess the SS or someone coming to track down the Jews they knew lived in the building, her neighbor would set the curtains in a certain way so that she could look out and then hide my grandfather.
0: And so So they stayed together. So she protected her husband.
2: Yes, she protected her husband. And... um, uh, he, he, was protect, he insisted on going out. My sister found, I guess, a bus pass from 1942. Jewish men, or anyone Jewish, shouldn't really be out. He would go out, and he was more adventuresome. He would go out and hide the Jewish star you had to wear on your coat by simply folding his, taking the coat off and folding it over. That probably protected him. Then there were a couple of times when he was detained, and one time he was in a room, and there was a door behind him. He just walked out the door. I don't know how that happened. Just luck. Another time he was detained, and... The police officer that was supposed to be processing all the Jewish men that they had rounded up, he recognized uh, Opa. And I think possibly because I, I just heard stories about Opa would schmooze with his customers when he would sell them his wine. I have a sense that he sat around having a glass of wine with everybody <laughs> during when he was working earlier. So this police officer told him to get out and I he see. he saved him. Saved so, him. Okay. you know, there was many, many small stories of people helping others uh, that didn't have to help others then my grandmother got to help i think an italian defector we never really heard the whole story but some military man showed up at their door one day scratching on the door she let him in cleaned him up gave him food he stayed a few days and then he then he left and we always thought it was an italian defector i don't really know the whole story but these little stories happen all over and I just um, heard from a friend of mine whose mother immigrated from Poland. This is not related to my father, but she and her mother, who were just around the same age as my dad and his parents, they lived in Warsaw during World War II, and they brought food to the Warsaw Ghetto. Like these were Catholic people that were just living their lives. And I think that's how people survive: small acts of kindness, and people help people in their
0: community, even – when you could be killed for doing so. Right. So, Kathy, so, so what happened? Own. So yeah. so your mother and father at some point determined it wasn't safe for their children to stay in Vienna.
2: Exactly. That's not, well, I, I think there was a way of getting visas, but they weren't able to get one at some point. And a family in Philadelphia, a young lawyer named um, Gilbert Krauss and his wife, Eleanor, they found a way to get unused visas from the U.S., Find sponsors, because you have to financially sponsor anyone that comes over, just like you do now. And um, they went to Austria, and there's a, actually a documentary that was made about it called 50 Children. It's, it's been on HBO, and play, you could watch it, but it's very interesting. They, they went to um, Vienna, and they tested and interviewed um, hundreds of children, and they picked 50 of them. My father and his sister Honey were two of the lucky ones. My father's oh. older sister, at age 14, had emigra- right around then she emigrated with a group of Jewish kids to Palestine, which was still under British
0: uh, protection. Accusation. British mandate yeah. of Palestine. She got out. That's so, amazing because yeah. they weren't letting many people there either. Yeah.
1: Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
0: Spring is my
1: favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
2: No, that was, I think she had to be smuggled in. I I don't, one of my cousins, I told my cousins to call in. They can give their side of that story because I don't know all the details of that. But so, um... Uh, my father and his sister, and it was lucky also to be with a sister because you always want to keep kids together if possible. It's got to be a terrifying existence. They were chosen. They had to leave by train. Um, no one was allowed to wave goodbye to anyone because Jews were not allowed to give anything resembling a Nazi salute. So I, it's just I'm just picturing people at a train station who can't wave goodbye or something bad could happen. And they took a boat. To um, to America Um, and just a little bit of backstory when my father was growing up he had read books by a German author named Karl May who wrote stories about American cowboys and the Wild West my father had read those books and when he left his parents each gave him two little words of wisdom his mother said make yourself useful. That kind of reflected her personality. And his father, yeah. my grandfather, said, "Have adventures in America. You're going to see, you know, cowboys and Indians or buffalo." And he eventually became a Yellowstone Park ranger, and had no some way. interactions no with way. buffaloes. <laughs> Your father?
0: Your but, father became yeah. a Yellowstone. Your father had some life, Kathy. Well, he, you know what?
2: Uh, he he listened to both his parents. He was very useful. So he, um, <laughs> so anyway, so they came to America. <laughs> <laughs> and a there's story. a great picture. Yeah. Yeah. There's a picture of them with a the statue of Liberty behind them on the boat. They came here. He stayed with this Krause family for a couple of years until his uncle, I had a lot of relatives that settled in Brid- Bridgeport, Connecticut, a lot of distant relatives. And I stayed in touch with them, you know, our whole lives. Um, mm-hmm. my dad kind of recreated the family here. Um, I, I think we, we always had family reunions every year, I think in part because all these people were displaced from their homes yes. of origin. And it's amazing that many of them survived. Although since my sister has been doing genealogy, I've seen relatives I never knew existed and their lives ended in the 1940s. So you knew what happened to them. It was just, it was luck. Again, re- luck, resourcefulness, kindness, courage. Yeah. Um, he came here. Um, then he moved into Bridgeport. I heard so many stories. I can give you a few if you're interested. (laughs) He was a bird watcher, and he got detained as an enemy alien, I guess. They thought he was German, and uh, his science teacher had to get him out because his science teacher taught him how to be a bird watcher. Like, kind of weird things happened, you know. But um, he ended up being a naturalist, always wanted to be a naturalist, but his family wanted him to be a dentist, so he became a dentist. So he did both. He He did did both. both. Um, yeah. And um, I think the summers in Austria, out in the country kind of made him love nature. And then when he got to know somebody who worked at the Birdcraft Museum when he was a basic High School student, he became a really avid bird watcher. And that translated down uh, through the generations as well. C-
0: clearly. So I've become I mean, kind of an environmental love. activist myself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. And so, and then he married your mom and did you grow up together in Connecticut? Is that where the family was? Well,
2: we, um, he married my mother in Japan. They were both, he found a way to wrangle their being stationed together in Japan. They, They had met at Fort Sam Houston. She was a nurse. He was a dentist by then. And, um, they got married in Japan and then they came back here and moved to Boston where I was born. And in Boston, they were very poor. He was going to orthodontic school then I guess and I just remember a story about how they were so poor there was no heat they had to keep the cradle on the stove I guess for the pilot light so they so a, Catholic, <laughs> a Catholic charity <laughs> a Catholic charity helped get him into a house uh, an apartment building you know basically uh, for low income people in Boston right. and then right. they were able to survive there then they moved to Bridgeport where all the other distant relatives had settled and eventually we ended up in Fairfield um but you know, he was in the military, um, couldn't be a park ranger anymore, had to be a dentist, but he took us you know, my parent my mother became an avid bird watcher. They were very active in the local Connecticut Audubon Society. So let and, me ask you something, you know, Kathy. Yeah.
0: So you know, you you have this history, and, and you know your history, and I imagine you're proud of all of this, all of this resourcefulness, and this luck, and the kindness of others. And where does the Judaism come in? Is it something that is sort of an, uh, I'm mean, curious, is it a religious thing? Is it an ethnic thing, a cultural thing? How does your father, how were you raised about that, to think about your Judaism? Yeah, my father
2: never really completed any Jewish studies, because he was, basically 10 when all this took place. So he never had a bar mitzvah and we never, I never had bar mitzvahs, although some of my nieces and nephews have, but um, I see it as more of an ethnic or traditional type of thing than anything else. I identify as Jewish. I was raised, went to Sunday school and everything like that. Um, I celebrate the Jewish holidays, Um, but um, I, I see myself as an American Jew Mm-hmm. And I think he saw himself as an Austrian first and a Jew second. Mm-hmm. But what came down to me is other people identify you more than you identify
0: yourself, you know? Isn't that true, this, Kathy? His family had been in
2: Austria for 200 years, and yeah. suddenly he wasn't an Austrian anymore. It really sticks in my craw. And um, that that's something that kind of was imprinted on me, you know, me too. growing up.
0: Me too. My mother I'm used to say always, that to me. Yeah. My mother used to say to me, really? all these Jews walking around pretending they don't understand that the world will always see yourself as a Jew. So you should be proud of who you are. I mean, that was her always thing. So be proud of who you are. Stand up for who you are. This is who you are. Don't run away from who you are. But she always sneered at people who tried to run away from themselves as if exactly. that would matter. As if that would and matter. And
2: help others that yeah. are, there's so many afflicted people that are picked on. I mean, yes. one yes. other thing my dad always, yeah, he always helped people like he didn't my, my i didn't even really know this till my brother brought it out at, at my dad's funeral that my brother took over my father's dental practice he said well dad wasn't the best he never collected from people okay right. if somebody couldn't pay they weren't going to pay that was the end of it and he if somebody was handicapped or a poor immigrant, he he took care of them. They were mm-hmm. they didn't there was no orthodontic insurance back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. so that that was just another thing um, that that he did, you know. And um, that that comes down from you know being help, someone helps you, you pay it forward, you help someone else. Right. And there's you know I wish there was more of that now. I think a lot of people are like that. When I heard I the story too. about my friend's mother and grandmother, it, you know, risking their own lives to help mm-hmm. Jews they didn't even know, but they were in the right. same community, right. I, you know. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of tribalism in the world. I guess that's just human nature. But there's also a lot of kindness and courage. And that should always um, supersede um, the cruelty, I-, I would hope going yeah. forward.
0: I would agree. I mean, and that's the core value that you try and maintain as a human and pass on to anybody who cares to listen to you. I mean, that's really what it's about. Your your own core values right yeah and i
2: i think also thinking of the wider citizenry so my my issue is nature and uh the ecology and the environment mm-hmm. there's, yeah. there's many other issues people can be involved in but you want to make yourself useful and make a contribution you don't have to be the biggest hero but you can make people can make contributions um i i think the average person just wants to live their life but also wants to have a positive influence and people just need to be reminded of that you know um when we at the funeral my sister had um an idea which we did which we had um when we were leaving the the funeral service we um we all sang the song and we asked everyone to sing this land is my land this land is your land and it just kind of showed you know um we're all here together mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful song. No matter what
2: our differences are, you know, and,
0: you know, Woody Guthrie wrote that as he was sort of an itinerant hobo. And did you know that he was Jewish? No, I did not know. Really, Most people did not know Woody Guthrie was Jewish. You can look it up.
2: Yeah, I will. I had no idea. Yeah, I knew he was an itinerant hobo.
0: And yes, he was was. and a great songwriter an amazing folk song beyond. But he was also Jewish, which is, you know, yeah. Interesting, right? Not a Jewish name yeah. particularly, Woody Guthrie, but it is what it is. No, yeah. not <laughs> right, right. But who knows how often it was changed. Anyway, uh um, learned something today. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Kathy, <laughs> Kathy Braun, thank you uh very much for calling and sharing your story. Uh I'm sorry you lost your dad. When did he pass? He died on um, December twenty
2: sixth from COVID, actually. He
0: the, been this past passed- oh just but- she just died a few yeah, months ago. Now. Yep. Oh I'm yep. sorry. Yep. Honey.
2: He he had um, a very long productive life. Six children, you know.
0: Wow. But he
2: even got, he got to meet his great grandchild, who he loved. Oh. And And. Um, okay. You know, yeah. so I, I it's not a tragedy, although it's it's sad, you know. Right. I, Is your mom alive? No, my mom had died a couple years earlier. Mm. So they had a good love story. They were married, you know, decades oh. and decades, and oh. they pursued the same interests together. They were, you know, Audubon. And I have to put in a plug for the Salvation Army because they fed my father while he was at UConn. Wow. He didn't have any money, so they they fed him, and they also gave him $100 when he had to take a – a trip when my mother was pregnant. He had to get somewhere, and um, when his father, his his parents came over here after the war, Amazing but then his, his father died a few years after that, and my father couldn't get there. So the Salvation Army Army gave him a hundred dollars, and he said, "How do I pay you back?" They said, "Just pay it forward." They didn't use that phrase, but that's what they meant. So. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Kathy. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks for starting off our week with this wonderful story. (laughs) Kathy Braun, who is active as an environmental activist in Fairfield and beyond, and is a frequent contributor to the Lisa Wexler show for other stories. (laughs) I'm so glad that you came on today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye. We'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler show. Stay tuned.
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.